Welcome to Shane East Meets, which is a special series from the Audiobook Loving Podcast, where I, Shane East, get to meet some of your favorite people from the romance arena of audiobooks. We hope you love this episode, and of course, the Audiobook Loving Podcast is brought to you by Viviana, Enchantress of Books. Now, today, my guest is the one and only, the world famous, <laughs> never to be replicated by anyone else, Emma Wilder. Uh, a wonderful and renowned narrator. Uh, hello, how are you? Oh my God, what an introduction. I, I don't think I can live up to that. I'm sorry. I'm, we'll have to stop. Yeah, I just, no, I'm just kidding. Don't stop. But please give me more praise anytime you want, but that's ridiculous. It's, not, it's lovely to be here. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. No, it's lovely to have you. You're my um, second ever uh, narrator guest on oh, this. Well. So, well, second, no, but I will say best. <laughs> no, no. Message received. Yeah. But you're the <laughs> you're the last one of the year, so I'm you're I'm saving the best for last. Oh well, nice, nicely going. done. Thank you very much. <laughs> you're welcome. Who I mean, was the, the first? Well, Joe, obviously. Oh, so I mean, okay. that's just let's not even go there. That was traumatic. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? Was that, <laughs> was that hard? Was that hard for you? <laughs> no, he's great to talk to, but you know, Joe's. Joe and He's I have a energy. frenemy. We have a frenemy relationship. So I can't really say too many good things about him in one sentence. Otherwise, it just ruins the whole thing. Rep. Yeah, yeah, completely. You, Our whole you, dynamic. You don't want all. him to get a big head. No, I think that big ship sailed. Grr. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, enough, enough about him. This is about you. How are you? How are you doing, first off? How's 2020 treating you? Oh, amazing. <laughs> What a great year. Like just so many dreams. Like it's just like doing so much fun stuff, seeing so many people, going new places. Um, it's terrible, but it's fine. Right? Like yeah. I'm really lucky in that I'm able to work. Uh I'm still with that guy you met at the Audis. So that's really oh, nice. Um You've survived so, the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. I would say the pandemic has strengthened us. Oh, so that's yeah. nice. Um so I'm not totally alone because otherwise living alone, as you know, is, it's weird right now. Um, yeah. Living alone, yeah, like, working alone. Yeah. It's, it's quite not a lot. great. <laughs> right. It's, <laughs> it's not great for your mental health. Um, but so having someone I can see is really wonderful and having enough work is wonderful and I'm healthy, but like everything else blows. <laughs> like, it's like just, uh, well, what's it like I, in New York? Because you're, I mean, I'm in LA, so it's a certain, yeah. thing, but New York's a very different city. And I've, I keep, I um, wonder with my friends there. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, when you go outside, it feels normal, except that everyone's wearing masks and a lot of things are closed. Mm. Um, I don't, I mean, I'm in Brooklyn. I don't go into Manhattan very often. I don't leave my neighborhood very often. Mm -hmm. um, so it feels sort of like, it feels like every day is a weird holiday when the city is empty. Yeah. Um, but it's not like scary. Like mm -hmm. I, I think the news portrays New York in a certain way, particularly certain channels. Um, and it's not like even during the protest, it was fine. Like it was just sort of inspiring. Mm. Um, but now it's just kind of tense again because COVID cases are rising. But I don't yeah. know. It's just lonely and weird, but people are doing their best, I guess. Uh 
keeping calm and carrying on, I guess, stiff upper lip as the Brits would say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not great about the stiff upper lip thing in New York. More loud. Yeah. <laughs> this fucking blows. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's fine. I would love yeah. to not be in the city anymore. I'm so oh. Well, I wondered because, well, also because like NYC, I've, I've stayed there before sort of months at a time and it's been, um, you know, the whole thing of NYC is that it's just very, it's very bustling and busy and, you know, people are out and about. And so I kind of wondered about that. And now obviously it's getting colder. So then it's sort of yeah. LA, we can do outdoor dining probably through the yeah. winter. But I was I like, mean, how's that going to work there? It's the plan here with like heaters, <sighs> I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, it feels like the the good parts of New York are not are either asleep or dead, and the bad parts are all still here. Mm. So, I'm fantasizing about the Hudson Valley, but we'll see. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who knows? Who knows? But you know, until this all clears up, we'll be we'll keep carrying on, as you say, <laughs> as you say, one day at a time. Yeah, exactly. Now on to other stuff onto your actual, your career as a prolific narrator, oh, which you are at gosh. this point. You've got, I don't know yes. how many times, but it's the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. Yeah, uh, hundreds. I don't know yeah. about and hundreds, but certainly hundreds. <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely you must have done like two, three, four hundred at this point. Probably almost three. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, someone will comment on this podcast and tell us exactly <laughs> how many down but to it, a over second. But over both names that I record under. Yes. So yeah um, i think so i looked up your i think i looked up emma and it was it was like a in the hundred like, hundred and something yeah hundred um, and change yeah, yeah which is similar right. to me so it's prolific in my book now <laughs> what would you say here's a weird question but what would you say to your younger your young romance narrator self uh, if you could go back to the beginning before you Ooh. got to this point you know as you were setting off like what's something i wish i'd learned sooner yeah or... like if you had advice or something you know for your young self starting off huh. in romance particularly in romance particularly i don't know i mean i think i i think i did okay shaping this particular part of my career <laughs> i don't know if there's like things that i i mean there's some things that in the beginning it took me a little while to figure out like and actually, I'd be interested to know if this is true for you, too. Like, when I started, I was giving every sentence, like, a lot of weight and meaning <laughs> in the way that I might do for literary fiction. And, like, that is no good. <laughs> like, that, that, like, romance, um, contemporary romance, anyway, like, mm. requires a really different, like, breezier, more connected and intimate read where you're like, this is what it, you know, I was reading every sentence, but I'm just kind of telling you how I feel about it as I go. And I'm, it's yep. just all flowing out of my mouth. Yeah. So I think I would have given myself a little like acting coaching early on uh -huh. in terms of tone, but I don't know. There's some things that I feel pretty good about. Like I, I figured out fairly quickly what types of storylines are great for someone else but like i'm not comfortable with like where the lines of my comfort are and have been pretty good about sticking to that uh -huh. um, i don't know yeah i think you're on the same lines as what i you know was thinking when i was uh you know uh, thinking about the question it is the same i just the tone of it I, I i would go back and tell my earlier self 
<laughs> about pacing maybe and you know it, things don't don't need to be as heavy and drawn out as I was so used to doing in other types of books and I worked at Random House totally. so like and they have a certain style and you really had to do you think so word. what do you think their style is uh they're definitely a lot slower they're definitely yeah and I mean I'm not talking about like treacle but it's like in comparison because whenever yeah. I work with them now I'm they're always like okay let's just take <laughs> because <laughs> like, i'm straight into like being chatty and exactly right. kind of contemporary romance sort of vibe just like flowy yeah yeah and they're like let's they're give this little breathing room each word yeah. we need to hear each word exactly and i was like okay oh, interesting that doesn't uh not necessarily romance it's it's a lot more conversational um and i used to sweat the voices too much i was like I, oh yeah in contemporary romance and and you know because i was used to doing i did a lot of ya so i did all sort of all sort of creatures and all of this and everything yeah. and so I always felt like and everyone had to sound really different and really Whereas, distinct yes right? yeah so you could latch onto them immediately Whereas romance and that, like, I think that's them. helpful if there's like four guys in the band and like one's the asshole and like one's the fun guy <laughs> like you want to be able to tell who's talking when you have those big scenes but it's not like you have to do like troll and elf voices. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, why? That's really the old necromancer ugly. coming back from chapter two. <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely true. Yeah. Although I worry, I mean, you know, you don't have to deal with this, but like the whole male voice for female narrators thing is like a big deal and people really care about it. And sometimes I get like, I am really grateful for all of the um, sort of like, I don't know, appreciation I get for that part of what I do, but it makes me really self-conscious about it sometimes because like some days, you know, your voice is different every day because you're a living, breathing organism and whatever. Um, and so some days I'm like, oh fuck, like, is it deep enough for them today? <laughs> like, is this enough? Like, do I need a stretch or like, so I do get sort of in my head about that particular element of the voices. I think that's, that ties stuff. in with what I was saying that I, I would tell, I tell myself not to sweat it so much like in that and that kind of encompasses that too because I reckon I mean I don't I'm not with you in the booth but I know your work really well but I reckon that one day that you feel that oh is that quiet in the, I know because I feel the same is this is my voice quiet and then right. I listen back and it's like there is really no <laughs> difference. no one can it's fucking tell head. yeah yeah <laughs> I know I've done that where I've been like oh my god I was so off for chapters like three and four I just felt terrible that day I'm gonna go back and redo them so I take like an extra two hours and then I listen to them in comparison to the originals and like not only do they not sound different like the originals are better like I shouldn't <laughs> have tried yeah. so hard yeah it's just like <laughs> threw away a day for no reason um yeah and I used to like when I will produce my own stuff I'll tell my editor like I felt like I had a cold this day because like she's a friend and I can you know show my vulnerable mm -hmm. nervous raw artist self to her I'll be like I think I had a cold I think I sound terrible if I sound terrible just tell me I'll redo it and she'll be like I couldn't even fucking tell that's how you always sound <laughs> I thank you I think I know, yeah okay uh, yeah <laughs> uh yeah there you go there's the answer to the younger self for sure which is really yeah fits in with my as well just don't fucking sort of sweat it as much it's let it go really yeah um now moving on from that what do you how did you feel i think i asked joe this as well how did you feel when you first vocally started <laughs> having relations this is the british way of saying it having relations <laughs> with oneself vocally uh, -huh. uh 
How did that feel? <laughs> that is, Nothing. that sounds so much weirder and dirtier <laughs> than what you're actually trying to say. Um, you mean <laughs> reading sex scenes out loud? Yeah, playing both ah. parts. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> um, orally fucking myself. Orally. Yeah. Um, That's the one. But fine. It's so much easier than doing it with a dude in the booth. <laughs> duet style. In real life, it's fine. Yeah. Um, that has its own set of challenges. But yes, duet style. Like with Joe, I did a, um, we did some texts duet for one of Jessica Peterson's books. And like, you know, I did one of Lauren Blakely's books with um, Jason Clark, where we were both in the studio together. Mm. And like, that is that is weird. Like that is so comfortable. <laughs> like you just, oh, you just go for it. You know, you've done duet before. You just go yes. for it. But then afterwards you're like, Ooh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, doing it just on my own feels totally not yeah. as weird as maybe it should. I don't know. <laughs> like just cause it's not really me doing me. It's like, you're just, playing out a movie in your head and totally. saying all the parts, you know? Well, when you put it into context against doing it in a uh, person, uh, it's very true. Cause I think, I think one of my first experiences with duet was with Ava Erickson in a studio together. Cause that was how we, yeah. before the whole zoom revolution, I feel, you know, when people were sure. doing duets a few years back, it was, you had to get everyone in the studio together. And um, I, I mean, like we did for, Lauren Blakely's multicasts too. Oh yeah, I, I hope it goes back to that because I, it, apart from the sex parts, that's so much better. Yes. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> it is better. <laughs> Except when you have the sex scene, and when I my first one with Ava Erickson was uh, um, putting suddenly out of nowhere in this PNR thing, I grabbed a silver implement and shoved it up her her, her butt or what yeah. her butt. and she uh -huh. and we kind of had to both stop and just laugh out loud because we like, where, where did that come from like you know we're fighting demons and this and that and then suddenly that right. comes out like I don't also know. yeah i feel like that's something it's best to ask if your partner's into before you just go for it <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it's better to to prep a little, yeah. I, I would even say. Um, that's funny. Yeah, she's fun. She's so funny. She's so like straightforward and like no bullshit though. I feel yes. like she'd be a good person to do that with. Yeah, we had but, a laugh. It was very dry about the whole thing. And then we're like, okay, well, back to yep. that then. But it's 11. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a living. <laughs> I should get that on a t-shirt. Um, <laughs> and now here's one other fun little question before I dive into other stuff, which is a little bit heavier, like more weighty about you and your career. Uh, on a scale of saying the words cock and pussy in a lifetime quota is a percentage, where are you at this point? Like as a normal person, 80? like if you were- Oh, in my, doing, in my, in my actual life or say in taking the Emma, Like taking Emma and like how your life in general, how you maybe say those words, like where have yeah, you I mean, exceeded your quota already? Are you at a thousand percent? Oh, I mean, I, so in real life, I don't really say pussy very often. <laughs> what do you mean? Um, <laughs> I do, How would you throw that into conversation left, right and center? Um, I mean, so I feel like my quota for that is low and, uh, right. but on it, it doesn't, I don't know. I've got some more. <laughs> I was just going to say, 
I've got a few more cocks in me, but I feel like that's not what I meant. <laughs> Someone will take that out of this and you know that's going to appear somewhere else. Yep. Well, you know, it is. I just, I ask the question because sometimes I laugh. I think, God, I've said that. I was thinking about your question. I was like, I've said these words so thousands, many more times than I would ever. Yeah, thousands and thousands of times. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I feel like my quota as a person, I've used up mine and, you know, my whole neighborhoods at this point. Um, well, I hope you'll go around and knock on doors and let them know. <laughs> uh, sorry, just, yeah, just wanted to inform you. I've also used your quota of cock and right. <laughs> uh, At which point I get arrested. So maybe I'm Fair, not. yeah. <clears throat> I don't really know my neighbors, I will say, in LA. I don't know oh, really? about New York. New York, I feel you don't know your neighbors either. Mm, I, mean, I, know I know the guy next door who grows weed. Some of them. It. Why do you know him, Shane? Oh, because I my porch is kind of like I can oh. do watering. <laughs> not because you're not because you're a going, customer. No, <laughs> um, but he's got huge. He's grown because it's legal here. Like grown these huge plants. I've seen them grow from little things to. It's legal for for personal use, or yeah. does he work for a dispensary? I think it's legal. Well, whatever he does, it's uh, it's uh, it's legal Out for in public. Use, yeah, yeah well, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> find my dress. Find I, him. I know a couple of my neighbors. I don't know. My building's so dumpy. Uh, I feel like I <laughs> know them. Don't spoil the illusion. You live in a penthouse. <laughs> well, I do live on the top floor. Yeah. There you go. Um, but I know them because I'll like go out in the hall barefoot in my pajamas to be like, what the fuck is that? And someone else will be like, I know it's been going off for two hours. And like, that's how I know who my neighbors are. That's um, how you connect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> not can I borrow a cup of sugar in the old right no work. I called the police already and they haven't come yeah <laughs> it's it's uh it's I love it's New York an adventure I love style every day <laughs> um so now moving away from that and moving into something uh, else I no it's a complete, complete 180 really Okay. Uh, Shakespeare. The, the, you mean the equivalent of shoving a silver implement up someone's It's completely the other way. I, who know, actually, he may have done this in his own way. Uh, I was going to talk about Shakespeare and okay. you having studied Shakespeare, which I know. I do. I have yeah. actually like, pretty you do study. You continue. experience. No, no, no. Um, but, you know, I like certainly studied it in school and then I did a one year acting fellowship at the Shakespeare Theater in D.C. And then I went back and did some did a show at the Folger Shakespeare Theater in DC of like, it's been, it was a big percentage of the acting, the stage acting work I did. What, was that when you, is that how you kind of what intro into stage acting? You started in Shakespeare? No. Um, I mean, I did some Shakespeare like in college, but I also did other stuff. And then I went to a conservatory after I graduated from undergrad. And then I don't know, Shakespeare was just like, the jobs that I got and then got more of those because I'd gotten the first ones, you know, you just get mm -hmm. in little ruts. And what um, and you loved it or you, how did you move yeah, away from it? Or was I it love just it. Well, I mean, it's not, it doesn't pay and there's no roles for women over, you know, between the ages of 18 and 60. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like, I think you can kind of, or not right now, obviously, but you could kind of scrape together living as a regional theater actor, doing mostly Shakespeare if you were a dude, because mm -hmm. there's always plenty of parts for dudes in all those plays. And so you can go to DC and you can go to Ashland in Oregon, you know, like every city has like places like that, but 
for women, there's just like not a lot there. Like the last thing I did was at the Folger Shakespeare Theater in DC, which was The Taming of the Shrew. And I was Bianca and like that play, I mean, that's sort of like a problem play, but parts of it are great. But like Bianca is not a exciting part. She's just the, just the good sister. And like, right. I love being in a show when I like, that's why I love romance narration because I feel like we have this like you and I and like all the other people who do this a lot are sort of like in the same club <laughs> do you know what I mean like we have each other to lean on and talk about it with and it feels a little bit like being part of a cast mm-hmm. um but I I loved that about acting but just like didn't happen enough <sighs> for it to make sense as a job yeah it doesn't always deliver on the expectations <laughs> no, it like doesn't acting yeah the, the those magical stage. moments that led you to fall in love with it come like maybe a few yeah. times a year if you're lucky yeah you used to bring me presents and now you don't it's like a relationship that's gone bad it's like, <laughs> uh, okay well i need to get out of this now yeah uh, or just move to another angle like i'm totally the same as you um and moved into voice far more and loved it and love all many reasons that some of which you just touched on but before I move off from Shakespeare, what was the role then, if Bianca wasn't so exciting, what was the role that you wanted to do or did do? I don't know if you did ever got do, to do yeah. it. I mean, I got to do a bunch of them. I uh, I don't know. I, I mean, um, Kate is a f- fun role in Taming of the Shrew, but then the end is like, as a feminist, troubling to me. And you can do the play. Um, how familiar are you with that play? not massively it's been a long so like time she's since. she's the town bitch and he comes in and tames her right and like then she's tame and so like you can do an interesting production of it where it's like she's kind of a bitch but she's also kind of misunderstood and then they kind of fall in love but in order to make the end anything other than like and now she's in a 24 7 ds relationship that she didn't want to be in for the rest of her life <laughs> like you have to sort of you know add some trick to it or be like kind of show them off on the side of the stage like as if they're in it together and this is part of their plan like you have to Uh fudge it because as it is it's not really satisfying it's like pretty depressing Um, okay no no rosalind and as you like it was pretty fun i understudied that but didn't play it Uh uh-huh what about i mean i feel like lady macbeth's always one people talk about but i don't even know if i would love to do that i never did i mean yeah i feel like that's an older woman's well, role, it, right? it, it can be it's not always um uh, i don't know if you know this but a lot of men marry younger women so. <laughs> what <laughs> i know it's never uh, seen it's extreme, that yeah it's it's <laughs> disgusting but um uh so there are some younger lady Macbeths. Oh, i don't yeah. know i'm I think I'm just to... thinking of Judy Dench because I think that's the only one I've seen. So she sort oh, yeah. of did every Shakespeare She's... role, even though right. she was already like 60. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's probably a little older than Lady Macbeth is generally, but she yeah. can get away with it. She, she can pretty much can do whatever she wants. Yeah. <laughs> so I just bring it up because, you know, I know people like, hasn't Joe done some Shakespeare in some romance books? He wrapped some Shakespeare in, I believe. Isn't that instant? Yeah. No. Was that yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember him rapping and I was very impressed. God, I. <laughs> yeah, it, it, wasn't it? I wasn't in that scene. So I was like, I was doing there. something else. He was, yeah. I was like, I was quite, uh, yeah, I was quite surprised. If uh, that happened in real that. life when you were there, though, 
it was definitely instant gratification. Yeah, I remember him rapping something. I don't remember it being Shakespeare. So that's just me being probably dead at the end of the day. I'm <laughs> mesmerized by how like the rhythm and <laughs> what he was doing. Oh no, it, I think it must have been Shakespeare because I think it was that sonnet that like I have had to read at weddings. Yes. It's the sonnet, you know, like let, oh, yeah, let yeah, me yeah, not yeah, to yeah, the yes. marriage of true minds admit impediment or whatever it is. Right, yes, um, yes, indeed. That's like the wedding sonnet. Right. Although I will say, because I'm British, Shakespeare just sounds like regular English to me. So it's obviously, yeah. it doesn't register. It does not, FYI, if anyone thinks I'm being an arrogant asshole, it really doesn't. And then he did What I'm Looking For by Karen Gray, narrated by Karen White and Joe Arden. Right, so he did what? So that was the second book. And what was the Shakespeare connection? Uh, in it, he plays um, an actor who's doing Shakespeare and he says a lot of Shakespeare. Oh, okay. dug it. Um, but yeah, he's gotten to do a bunch, but I'm sort of jealous because I think I told you this because I want to do more. <laughs> I see, yeah, that's yeah. I, that's why I'm, you know, anyone, any authors listening, feel right. free. I'm pro Shakespeare. I can yeah. handle it. I can handle that dense more than text. Handle it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So now we've covered Shakespeare. Um, a couple of like career questions. Um, did you, is there a particular like breakout series or book you did that people suddenly started to take notice and then they're like, oh, who's Emma? And then it all started to kind of snowball began, I would say. I mean, honestly, I think, well. You can be low and slow. You could just be like a slow burn that like turned into an inferno. Well, I was going to say, I mean, there are a couple books that people liked, like Tegan Hunter's Let's Get Textual, people really liked. And then... Mm -hmm. I narrated all of Rosalind James's, um, not all of them, someone else started one of the series, but her um, Escape to New Zealand books that people liked. But I honestly think arced a sort of the roller coaster ride I've been on the last couple of years is Lauren Blakely hearing me on um, a Kay Bromberg book I did for Audible with, I think, Jason Clark and liking me and then just like she started saying really nice things about me mm -hmm. on the internet and then that made a huge difference right um i think it's her fault okay. <laughs> she is to blame for yeah. <laughs> for the world phenomenon that is emma wilder um <laughs> i yeah i agree i, agree. I, I think it's kind of a similar trajectory for a, a bunch of us you sort of have done is a bunch of stuff yeah was there do you feel like there was a series for you I don't like know. Breakout thing? Uh, I'd done some and then, but I never really took it. I never really focused on it I, at the beginning. It was just sort of an yeah. aside thing that someone asked me and I was like, sure, one of the publishers. And then I guess, yeah, I, I, I can't really pinpoint either, but I do think things had already, the ball was rolling pretty well. And then somehow I can't quite remember. Someone will probably point out to me that there was some, I mean, I, some authors that I've done that, I, they garner a lot more attention, but Lauren is very vocal. So, and she has a lot of attention. Yeah. So I agree. It's sort of, I think instant gratification then put it into another situation. Yeah. And then, you know. Not only does she, is she very vocal on the internet, but like all the authors are friends with each other. Yeah. So if one of them's like, you know, who is great and did a good job for me, then suddenly you get a bunch more jobs. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I, it kind of all comes together because I think maybe I was already working for Louise Bay. And then mm -hmm. she's a big deal. She's yeah. a big deal. And then I re I realized that down the line, I was like, you know, I'd mentioned her. She's like, oh yeah. I was like, oh, you guys all chat together <laughs> <laughs> behind the scenes. Well, it's like us, right? Yeah, like, yeah. For sure. 
Um, so I think, yeah, you kind of get integrated and then, you know, suddenly it's thing. And then the next thing, you know, you're in a box 24 seven making love right. to yourself. Uh, <laughs> and someone's tweeting about <laughs> your male <laughs> voice. Yeah. <laughs> well, that brings me on to the next question, which was because I, I asked people on Twitter, I'm sure you saw questions. There were. Uh, I wanted it to be fresh. A... Yeah, I didn't oh, yeah. want to like, do my homework before. Well, a lot of people mentioned your accents and they also mentioned your male voice. Uh, those were kind of the two themes that kept cropping up. Um, so, and I agree. I've, you know, when it I really turns got... you on when you listen to <laughs> my books. You yeah, your male voice. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet Jesus. Um, <laughs> I'd call it the dog's bollocks as we do in, in back oh, home. Oh, hot. That is yeah. so hot. Do you like that? Have you heard that before? You must have. Uh, very no. Oh. I haven't. But it, I mean, I've certain like, I mean, I mean, it's like the cat's pajamas or something else that makes no sense and isn't a good yeah. thing that is, I mean, does you that, just wouldn't that say that to kids though, dog's bollocks. Probably. Right. Because it means testicles. I mean, I know that I'm, I'm not a fool. Uh, I just want to make sure. Cause you're like, it's like the cat's pajamas. I was like, oh yeah. Wow. It's just like the cat's pajamas are like, see you later alligator. You know, just little things kids say. <laughs> Uh, but your voice, your male voice is the dog's box, I would say. And Aww. taking aside any yes, sort of, you. you know, conf you know, any days you have where you might be questioning it. Um, <laughs> is, questioning a lot of things. Yeah. Well, yeah, mm. as we all do. Um, like, is there a way that you, did you just find that? I mean, you have like, and we've had this it's discussion before, you, you have a huskier yeah. voice, which yeah. <laughs> for me means but like a little rasp to it. Um, yeah. And to uh, me means boys shopping in the big and tall section. Chunky at guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's dated. Like, I think I grew up reading too many books written in the 50s where, like, that's a word that gets used for boys. And, like, that nobody, first of all, talking about the weight of children is no longer, yeah. like, a really great idea for anybody. Mm -hmm. um, it's sort of been accepted that that's not helpful. Um, but I think that term has kind of fallen out of favor. Yeah, I wouldn't call another yes, bloke husky. husky I'd just voice. say he's kind of, you know. Uh, no, it's just my voice. Oh, um, so it just kind of was easy for you. Because I've actually, yeah. I've, I've had some, like I've taught people. I sometimes teach people, I think, yeah. as you do. Um, and that was one thing that came up and sort of, you know, so I, for me, obviously it's different. It's like the opposite. It's like trying to find <laughs> right. the right female voice. But um, but yeah, I didn't know if there was like a knack or something. Or it's just kind of, no. easy, kind of something. Yeah, I think you have to. I mean, the things that you do are you sort of like relax your throat and like kind of like go a little flatter and lower, but then like you just have to go with whatever's there. Like yes. if it's only this high, then like that's what your male voice is. Like if it's down here, great. Like you can't push it low. Pushing it lower just sounds ridiculous. Like then you sound like, <laughs> like you're, you're not well. or constipated. Yeah. <laughs> like it just, um, but like you just have to sort of like yeah. let everything relax and just go into your chest and like yeah. only chest resonance. And then what you have is what you have. I guess yeah. it was just part of the universe sort of just saying, this yeah, is where you're meant to be. Me toward this. Emma. Yeah. Um, With your deep resonant chest. Well, you have a very, it's interesting because you have a very feminine voice. Like, is, uh, well, but there is no, that, that like, spokiness to it. Yeah. Uh, 
not like girly. I just mean it's very right. it's distinctly feminine. It's not, you know. Like it don't sound not, like a guy yeah. when I'm talking to you just regular. <laughs> you don't sound like Kathleen Turner. You know what I mean? Like there are some, right. she's a, there are some actors that you can, like I have a very, what's her name? B, uh, is it B Arthur? Yeah. Before she passed away. Well, she away. was also quite elderly. Yes. <laughs> but we I always I mean, know her as that, as like she had a real deep voice. Like I would say yours just has that smokiness to it. But then yeah. the ability to drop into a very low register is just very easy for you on I top think, of that. I so think, you're lucky. It's a gift is what I'm saying. It's a really Thank you. I mean, I th but I do think part of it is like how you choose to present yourself to the world, which is some like for men, it's the same, but different in that, you know, I feel like at some point in middle school, you start looking at your handwriting and listening to how you're talking and being like, mm -hmm. I wonder if people would like me better and take me more seriously or think I was cooler or whatever if I sounded like this, you know, or if my handwriting, you, you just start adjusting things about yourself based on what you think other people want to hear. And so, so many women, like, I, I feel like at some point I started kind of talking a little bit more like this, like, this isn't actually where my voice would like to sit, mm. like where my voice really sits is like here. Um, but I, I think to be taken more seriously, I kind of pushed it down a little. And as I've gotten older, I've gotten better at, and men do that hugely, right? Like, yes. you think about what sounds, you know, if you're, if like, I have a couple gay friends who sound obviously gay, and it's not because their voices are magically gay, it's because they're not trying to sound like alpha, <laughs> you know? Yeah. They're just like going and letting it be whatever it is. Um, and so like, we all shape our voices consciously or unconsciously based on what we think is expected of us. And I think I spent a little too much time trying to be taken seriously as a smart person and then getting older and then also doing romance. Like I, I had to kind of let the women be a little higher and to differentiate it, right? Because right. if my women are here, then like, where do my yeah. men have to be? <laughs> like, Huge balls. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I think it's all sort of like learning your instrument and shedding the ways you've been kind of like tweaking it where you don't need to. And then yeah, I know what you're talking about. And that kind of, well, I don't know if the word tribalism, but you know, like you say about some, I think as you grow up, you're just trying to fit into a group. Uh, yeah. And sometimes for I mean, folks that is with, like, with cultural stuff, it's like called code switching a lot, right? Like where you're like, now I'm with my bros and I talk like yes. this, but like at home, I might talk like that, you know? Yeah. Um, I think about that a lot with accent stuff for British stuff, because with American, I just know what it all is. But with British, if it's like, well, he's a guy and he's actually really rich, but he wants um, people to think he's cool. So he like actually has a bit more MLE, like, you know, like London, multicultural London English or whatever that like sort of allergy-ish. <laughs> yeah, but, it, but that's because you don't need to think about it because it's just there. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, trying to trying to loosen up and sound a little more lower class and street to be cool yeah yeah no it's i think uh you're right i think having done this job especially books and you listen so much to your own voice because other voiceover work yeah. it's like lines here and there and characters or you know commercial stuff is just a tagline but when you listen permanently to your voice um i think you do kind of ask a lot of those questions and i, I would say similar in that I, my voice rounded out more because I think mm. I had a I had a propensity to just like you said maybe it will I don't know if it was consciously or subconsciously but 
be kind of a lot flatter and just very uh, kind of down here. Uh, and then when I'd work, it's sort of, you know, I realized, you know, I had to open up avenues of my voice and yeah. not try to sound like you say, like a, a serious grown-up man. Yes, yeah. exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, like this kind of thing. Like, and I no, realized I, I was doing I that. I am a like, serious mm. grown-up man, and I can sound how I sound. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And my voice actually just sounds a lot better. <laughs> yeah, Rounded and freer, out. I would say, right? Like, it, <laughs> yeah. like freer and more expressive and more complete. And as you say, it sort of allows you, like, I had to, you know, and some of it was just a technical thing. It just allowed me, having to do all these different voices, I opened up my voice in general. So it yeah. became a better rounded voice because I had to go up here for kids or for, you know, my female voice was higher than lower and all of that stuff. So, um, so yeah, so that's, a, that's an interesting answer. But you touched on accents because um, yeah. that is the other thing that came up. So uh, you are very good at them. Um, I don't know. The one question I have for myself is how the fuck did you get adept at kind of obscure ones? To me, obscure. Like I can't yeah. do a New Zealand accent. I don't really know yeah, the difference know between that and Australia. But like you could if you just like. <laughs> I haven't applied myself. You are right. Yes. Yes. I just do. Are... I just go to Australian. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but how did you, as an American? Shane has a lot of potential. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, so in acting school, you learn, or at the one I went to, right? I had like two years of voice and speech, and in speech, you learn like the the building blocks of accents, right? Like phonemes, like the international phonetic alphabet so yep. like you learn how to write things out in sounds and mm -hmm. then when you're looking at you know um different accents you're you're looking at what are the sound changes and then on the paper you could like erase the e's the way they were you know or the s sound and put in whatever it is for this new thing my god you're so, such a good student i was supposed to learn <laughs> to do all that and i never did properly until i did I this was, job i was like a <laughs> beast at it that was like the be my best thing because the rest of acting school is like so frustrating and like you can't like how do you be good i don't know like i want to be good at this what can i do trying harder makes it worse but not with speech <laughs> like, you can I, you can get Old an star. a plus yeah exactly <laughs> um so part of it is being a good student but part of it is also i think just having an an ear for things yeah. um but again like i always want to get better like even like I still get coaching a lot like I just took a class I just took a class in estuary which is like mm -hmm. modern regular London person you know like Ricky because Gervais. I don't feel yeah but it's kind of an extreme estuary yes exactly. if anyone's yeah. listening yeah um um but I feel like I learned RP like received pronunciation in school which is like mm. BBC in British yeah. accent right and honestly like kind of dated at this point like if there's a contemporary romance set in london like nobody talks like that you yeah. know like uh so i want to be able to do that and color it with estuary so i sound like a real person mm -hmm. um but also like there aren't that many that i can just like do right away and feel like yeah that's pretty good like most of them i'll, I'll have to like get in the zone a little and then also the thing that i always want to work on is like and i wonder this about you doing american accents like the difference between me talking like this and me talking like this, like I sound dumber and bitchier in the second one, but uh -huh. like, why? I don't know. <laughs> like, do you know, like, I, and I don't know what that is in other accents. Like I know right. a basic one, but I, I don't necessarily know, like, what are the, what are the sound changes that make it sound like a little smarter or a little dumber or a little meaner or a little upper or lower, like, I don't, 
yeah. necessarily know all the shades of it. And I want to. Yeah, I guess what I'm gleaning from that is that you uh, you have quite an academic mind. Approach. Yeah, yeah. In, like in your, how you think about things as well as creative. Obviously, you have to be creative to do this. But uh, yeah, you have that sort of side to you, which is very yeah. interesting, which I think helps you do accents because I do relate to some of what you're saying. Um, yeah. Figuring that also, shit out. Also, though, I think I have like a, I think the real trick to accents is just like going for it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, I think like the only reason I can do a New Zealand accent at all is because I auditioned on ACX for one of Rosalind James's books. And I was like, oh, I'll just do the audition. And I like listened to some Flight of the Concords before. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I think I can do it. I'll just do it. And I did it. And then I got the book. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. And so then I got coaching but also like you just have to jump in. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like with any acting, like you just got to commit. And like, <laughs> if you believe it and it's good enough, like other people will buy it. Yeah. It's when you sound like hesitant and unsure that people are like, well, you definitely don't know what you're doing. Yeah, um, I agree. And I have, I have the reverse with American accents. You know, I, I, I do wonder about the nuances and the regionality sometimes and, um, yeah, I'm much. It's easier to to get it in my head and to know the little ticks and things that will work in a British or a regional British accent. But sometimes yeah. American, I think more. But I agree too. Like I just ended up. <laughs> there's this story of Danny DeVito when he was starting out acting, and he's literally. It was on some interview, and he said, "It said six foot two, blonde, muscled guy." He's like, "I was there. <laughs> like, I turned up." He's like, "Just went to everything." He's like, "I was like, I can do yeah. that." <laughs> yeah and I feel like that's the actor's life even in books especially when you're maybe beginning more uh it's easy you just say yes can you do that oh yeah I can I can do that and yeah you, definitely you do it Mandarin find a way to sure do it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're talking about um but I do think it's a dangerous game right like the only reason it worked is because I do have an ear for it and like yeah knew that I would get the training that I needed because you can also destroy a relationship with a publisher really fast if you're like of course I can do Swedish and then on the day they're like what the fuck is that <laughs> mix of Indian Irish and right. whatever I'm else Swedish yeah yeah <laughs> that's true don't try this at home kids right uh, and even yeah to other narrators disclaimer. too like it's a it's a dangerous game uh but there is some element of where you're just like you know what I don't think my New Zealand is perfect, but people in a country speak a wide range of ways. And I'm just yes. going to not worry too much about the sound changes and just trust that this is within the zone of acceptable, you know? Well, the proof's in the pudding because like you've done so well with it. So, uh, but, and I agree, but I think that often comes down to with actors in general or maybe other, uh, you know, careers and stuff. But I speak from that perspective is also having a reasonable sense of self. And being yes. able to know kind of yes and have being fearless to throw yourself into something that subconsciously, at least, you know, even if it can sometimes yeah, you terrify know, you. You know you can deliver. You know yeah. you'll get there. Right. Um, so, and some people, it's like, you know, you watch those singing programs and you're like, you do not have a singing voice. Like, I, I you cannot big that up with positive thinking at all. It's just <laughs> right. sound terrible. So right. be creative another way. Um, <laughs> right pottery I hear is great <laughs> with your hands just don't right. please don't open your mouth <laughs> uh, yes, I, I, knowing your knowing your limitations and and 
yeah, the the far reaches of your ability and where that ends is important for sure. Yeah. And being able to go out of your comfort. Yes, it's a def definitely a marriage, you know, because I know actors yeah. who kind of hold themselves back. And I was like, I, you could do it. I have a, uh, a friend here and I was like, you could do it. You'd be great. And then I know there's that doubt. I was like, oh, you're letting the doubt outweigh the, totally. um, you know, the confidence. And then also people, yeah, people who are like, well, you know, I don't, I don't think I could do romance because I don't have a sexy voice. And it's mm -hmm. like, no one is a sexy voice. Like, the voice is sexy because you believe it is. Like, people are handsome because they act like it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you just have to, you just have to go for it. And like, maybe you're not what someone had in mind for that character, but you'll do your own thing and other people will love it. And some people will fucking hate you and tell you all <laughs> over Audible reviews <laughs> what a nightmare you are. And <laughs> you cannot avoid that. Yeah. Do you have any of those? Do you have any memorable ones that have stuck with I, you? I mean, I like stopped reading them because they hurt my oh, yeah. feelings so much. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, <bless> yeah. <laughs> There's some of them are so mean. Oh, some of them are so mean. Oh, like, <laughs> well, you know, in, in Aaron's play that we did, mm. um, when she's reading the reviews at the end, Mm -hmm. um uh do you remember what i'm talking about you can say yes no, and i'll remind you no, okay I do. okay <laughs> you were going like mm -hmm, in a way that i couldn't tell <laughs> that's just my normal mm -hmm. uh, uh, mm -hmm, go on mm -hmm. um so so this character that i played in that in that audio play is reading through her audible reviews and being like oh my god like someone said like she sounds like siri but more boring like that's a review that i got that i told Aaron about and then in the reviews of Aaron's audio play, someone was like, she does sound like Siri. And I was like, <sighs> fuck you. <laughs> um, so yeah, for my, for my mental health, I just don't read those anymore because there'll be, you know, 15 great ones and then one bad one. And that's the one that gets you. Well, that's, uh, that's uh, an aspect of positive psychology, which I love books on that, by the way, but <clears throat> if in case you don't know, but um that I think you need three positive, it was talking about the workplace, this particular book, like this section, it's, you need three positives to one negative. So that's why like you could read all of these good things and then you get to like a couple of, yeah, like he or she, oh God, I'd get rid of them. They should never work again. And that sits with you so much more than the positive ones. It's kind of, it's fascinating how our brain latches onto that stuff. I know, um, and it's like, you know, I, I should I should qualify. I said fuck you to the person who said I sounded like Siri, <laughs> but like, of course they're allowed to. Do you, like that's why I don't. You don't have to be too like, diplomatic not, on here. But, you <laughs> but really, like they're not for me. Do you know what I mean? Like yes. reviews aren't for me. So like, people can say what they want, and that gives other people information. And some people hate how I sound, and like they're allowed to. <laughs> but it makes me feel like shit, so I don't want to read about it. <laughs> Which is. Uh, complete. I don't really read them anymore either, uh, and I used to. I used to I, read them. I did uh, too in the beginning. I do think they're a bit gentler on the men folk in romance. Oh really? It's big a, time, buddy. Oh, I've not. Yeah, because I've not gone through and read other people's. Yeah, um, it's. I think there's a. People, it's easier. Either it's easier for listeners to criticize female narrators. Or female narrators as a group just suck more, and I'm no. guessing it's the former. I think it's, I'd say it's the. Can you imagine if I said it's definitely the second? Right. It's, I mean, <laughs> never work with anyone again. I'm sorry to break this to you, but it's B. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I um, guess what women are quicker to criticize other women. Um, yeah, I think so, and and it's probably also a function of um, that the men are playing the hero in the book and that's who they mm. fall in love with and the woman is not you know maybe it's like 
I don't know. Right. I think. Well, do you think the female listener has to narrate, has to relate to the woman narrator? So there's more of a, there can be more of a disconnect. She just has to fall in love with the guy. She doesn't have to be the guy, but effectively uh, you're kind of, she's not being yeah. you, but you know what I mean? Like she's going to relate right. to the female character because that's the whole Sort of yeah, I mean, I think it's easier to be like, well, I wouldn't have done that, what she did. Right. That's stupid. I would have done a different thing. I don't know. I mean, it's... No, that could be true. I watch TV it's... programs. I'm probably harder on the blokes. Like, oh, really? That's probably, interesting. Probably, yeah. I think about it. I mean, uh, it, it's the female characters, too. Like, a lot of these reviews... And, you know, some of these books, the men behave so badly, <laughs> like, you know, like, yes. it'll be like, he, been terrible in them. he locked her in a dungeon, <laughs> like starved her for two months to try to break her spirit. Um, and then, you know, when he let her out, she uh, didn't eat the bowl of cereal he gave her because she was still upset. And the review will be like, he gave her everything, like he gave her everything <laughs> she needed. And she was so ungrateful. And I'm like, Lady, the <laughs> very particular type of person. <laughs> like, it, I've just made that up, but it's things yes. you know, things where I'm like, he was like, should be locked up, and you're saying she was, yeah. So I think, I think yeah. there is a lot going on in the way that people um, relate to and connect with romance, and that affects how they feel about the characters and the people yes. voicing them. And how they feel about you, exactly. Yeah. Interesting. Someone should probably do a PhD on the psychology of romance. Uh, it'd be a huge rabbit hole to pop down. I know, um, but it, it would also be good because romance is so disrespected in academia. Yes, be. someone will do it and, and win some sort of <laughs> notable prize, and everyone will be right. shocked. Be like, "See, told you." There's a <laughs> yeah. whole ton of shit going on over here you didn't look at. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Now, before I move off of accents, <clears throat> what uh, you're one of the few. Uh, American females, I would say, that is also happy doing a Scots accent, with me at least. Yeah. Because I have, through different books and, you know, I've produced Anna Duran stuff, uh, yeah. kind of reached out to somebody. And I did get from, you know, really great narrators, I just got a flat sort of. Uh, right. No. no. <laughs> I tried that one, that. Jesus, the Scots one, and it's Scots. And I think I was like, I was very intrigued by that. But you, like, you're like, oh, yeah. I don't know if you did it before. You just were like, I'll give it a go. I and mean, it was yeah, that, it was basically, I'll give it a go. Like, I, 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 I've done it before and I like know how to do it. So like, how hard can it be? I'll figure it out. And I did. <laughs> and you did really <laughs> yeah. well. Um, but I did, I did just take another, I, I've been doing some random coaching sessions because um, my, one of the dialect coaches I like going to periodically is doing some Zoom stuff. So I just did a Scots class with her because I know, you and I have some stuff coming up and I wanted to brush yeah. up on it. Yeah, we do next year, um, yeah. which we can, we'll throw in at the end. Okay. Um, but yeah, but I think one last to say on that subject is I think one of the great things with your Scots one, I don't know. Well, I've actually heard you're British and everything. Like you really, you're very good at getting the nuances and the subtleties that, that make it sound not like someone doing an accent that makes it actually sound like someone speaking uh, in their natural voice, which is the whole Well, thank you, that's key. really nice of you to say. Uh, you're welcome. But the Scots thing I noticed, like, you don't, it was less is more, I would say, with you. You just kind of, you when you were doing my voice, because you basically, the point of that book was that you had to be me as a Scot, and mm -hmm. I was Scottish the whole time. Right. Um, and so when you did my the guy's voice, like you had to do that, but you didn't, I was, I would say more Scottish than you are, but it worked so well because you're kind right. of slightly less is more, just was yeah. perfect and just like 
fitted way right in. I'm glad. I mean, I feel like when you do accents, you're generally pretty chill about them too, at least British ones. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like you don't want to sound like a joke and you never do. Um, <laughs> but you know what? It's like really easy. Like, cause some of them, like there are, there are legit Irish accents that if you did them real would sound like a joke, <laughs> you know, like same with Scottish. Like I, I was talking about this with Saskia, you know, Sask Saskia Marleveld. Yeah. Um, she, uh, does some New Zealand stuff too. And she was talking about how, like, there's like what the accent is and then there's like the audiobook version of it yeah <laughs> where like you know it's the same with boston or something where like if you really go hardcore like as hard as some people are in real life like it will be unlistenable mm -hmm. <laughs> so like you have to do it in a way that is clearly is 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 correct but is also like easy listening it's listenable yeah, yeah. and it's like <laughs> With, with wines they're like it's drinkable right like that's what i, mean. I don't like you're like it goes down easy and then with side easy. characters like the you know the woman who runs the market you can sound you know as ridiculous right. as you want yeah that's uh no that's a very good point because i've had both i had in london uh, a very good mate of mine uh was irish and on the phone uh i couldn't fucking understand him hardly ever <laughs> i was like i honestly don't know what you're saying where was in real from? life okay he, I, I can't remember which part of Ireland he was from, but it's like from proper, uh, like deep Ireland somewhere. And he lived in London for so long. Uh, and I just still on the phone. I was like, I don't know what you're saying. Uh, but in person, I got most of it. It was right. just, it was a mixture of the accent <laughs> with the fucking speed that he spoke. That I was right. like, well, lost Dublin, me. Dublin, particularly, they speak like they're all, they speak like they're on Coke. Like they speak <laughs> so fast. Yeah, that must be it. I can't remember. <laughs> and I also had a French friend who had lived out of the country for. I I still have him. He's still a good mate of mine. But uh, can you still I, have him in your collection? I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, some people you lose touch with. I lost touch with my yeah, Irish yeah. Mate. no, no. But uh, my French mate, I'm still. I'm, we still WhatsApp and stuff. And uh, he's been out of the country for so long. And when I met him, he hadn't been back for like six years. But he's totally this, you know. He was still dogging like. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? Did you just like Pepe Le Pew? Like, what the hell happened? Uh, and he still does speak like that. He leaves me like voice messages. And I was like, it's still there, uh, regardless. But you're right. So when I do the same, like when I do accents, especially ones where I've, I'm doing, say, someone's German, Italian, French, like I do probably more European maybe than maybe other people. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's the flavor. It's kind of the thing I'm saying about your Scots. It was like a bit less is more. It's like, it's gotta be listenable. It's gotta be relatable. And those people are speaking uh, in the French and German, like they're speaking English as a second language anyway. So yeah. how does their accent sound? It's like, it just has to be something that you can latch onto and you take right. as like, oh yeah, like, and you get into that. Uh, but that's, at the same time, you wanna listen to it for hours. Yeah, that's the nice thing about accents versus dialects, right? Cause dialects is like, Irish like English mm. is the language that they grew yeah. up speaking they just speak it with that accent and that's a dialect but someone who's German speaking with an American accent like it can sound however you want because exactly. it's not yeah. real like it's supposed to be they're doing it poorly or like not perfectly you know <laughs> like if well, they sound perfect, almost they wouldn't British, have an accent but like have a flavor yeah. like that's where I sometimes go to but that's a good differentiation yeah. which I dumbly didn't make <laughs> dialects versus accents um, <laughs> But also, like, a lot of those, like, Italian, German, Spanish, like, they kind of, some of them sound pretty samey sometimes. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, 
not maybe German and Spanish, but like Italian, Spanish, German, Italian, yeah. like they're a uh, French, like they, they, you kind of just have to pick some sounds that are going to be your distinguishing ones. Cause yeah, otherwise they're kind of hard to tell apart. True. True. I think that's Italian and French. Sometimes I think Italian just has more musicality with mm -hmm. them uh, than in it, or just in a different musicality. And that's sometimes what I would yeah. latch onto as opposed to yeah, yeah. much else. Uh, we'll see someone will comment and be like, his Italian's atrocious. I don't know where he thinks <laughs> no. he's from. <laughs> Milano? No, I don't know where that is. Right. <laughs> now, I wanted to ask you, because it came out um, just today, Exquisite Touch. One. Exquisite We're Touch, talk about... comma, one. One Exquisite oh, Touch. Yeah. One Exquisite Touch. Oh, how good I am with titles. I have this every... <laughs> when i do with with, with i'm like she's like what's that book called i was like oh shit hold on no, no, the, no. yeah the, uh, the the guy and one exquisite uh, touch right okay which is your like you're the centerpiece right it's really told oh, mainly no. from your point of view is it I or you and i mean i read i had a small thing, part in it so like, it was a little total it up i bet uh -huh. joe has almost as much as me okay so it's a it's a 50 50 but maybe yeah. it's because like it's it's Lauren's sort of very, what does she call it? Very sex positive. So I feel like the focus has yeah. been very much on you and your character as it should yeah. be. Yeah, I think, yeah. And also because the the sort of hero part was at least sort of split between you guys for part mm -hmm. of the book. Um, yeah, that book was awesome. And people are focusing on the sex. Like it's really, there's a lot of sex in that book. Yeah. <laughs> um, but not to the detriment of a storyline and there is this really sex positive storyline have you not heard that term before sex positive i have but i haven't heard it for a while and then i saw it i think on twitter i was like oh yeah it was a bit yeah. of, it was a bit of a word in la for a hot minute i heard it a bunch yeah. of times and I didn't hear it. yeah it's just i mean i think particularly when it comes to unconventional sexual relationships or fetishy things or niches within the romance writing community like maybe it's time to air it out again <laughs> because yeah. like no one should be ashamed of liking what they like uh, yeah. and that's like such a great part of that particular story that lauren was telling yeah yeah that. Oh, no, it that's... wasn't just some books will be like this is what it is and we love it but this one it was more like her going on that journey of being like should i be feel bad about this like actually no yeah. <laughs> you know so i thought that was great oh yeah, yeah. i love that book yeah and there's more to come in that whole sort of mm -hmm. series i know yeah. that's a avenue lauren's going down i know uh, so yeah we'll I mean, see all that i know there's at least oh anyway i won't say anything because i don't know what yeah i don't know what she, you never know <laughs> the mastermind behind the right. what she's putting out there but yeah she's time. she's seeded some other stories already in there so yeah you never know how much she's edging uh people on on social media <laughs> to get you know teasing so it's like she okay. is a big tease yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and yeah you never know just how just how soon or not she's going to reach the climax of that particular <laughs> uh exactly now back to business a little bit and you know i've discussed the <laughs> back to business uh, i just back wanted to, to throw business. in exquisite back to Enough business sex. Yeah. uh segueing into um now i've asked authors about this and you have like, kind of touched on it uh, off the mic 
Um, about <laughs> sounds so weird. <laughs> Off the record, Off like the record. I'm a journalist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really am a serious journalist with this podcast. Um, I can tell. <laughs> there's the the sort of the marrying of talent to do what we do uh, and i've asked authors this talent to write versus having a like a, a head for business mm -hmm. um to kind of make this work and i've i asked them sort of i think i asked ava harrison particularly like what how do you feel like that marries up like what's the you know you need both obviously but where do you where does your 50 50 whatever well, I mean, yeah. what do you think on, um, I have my own thoughts, but what do you think on like narrators having to have the natural talent, but also like the head for the business? I uh, think, I mean, I think in the olden days of the 90s and early aughts, you didn't have to have any head for business because you were just hired and you would go into the studio and that's it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but now that indie stuff is more of a factor and that there are so many more narrators, uh, you have to, even if you're not producing, you're managing your brand and you're getting noticed and you're an entrepreneur, right? You're yeah. like trying to sell yourself to all these different publishers and maintain those relationships and sort of craft that brand. Um, I don't think, I think that if you had talent, but no business sense, you might get really lucky um, mm -hmm. and someone would hear you. And if there was something, particularly if there's something unique about your voice, maybe that's enough. Um, you know, if they're like, we've been looking for exactly what you are and we couldn't find that before. So great. Here's plenty of jobs for the rest of your life. Um, but, but by the same token, I also think there's people that are really savvy at selling themselves and that's enough, even yeah. if, you know, <laughs> even if maybe they, the artistic side isn't as developed, it ends up not mattering to the success of their career. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know when you started doing this, but like I came up through ACX, like I built a little home studio and started uh -huh. auditioning for projects and like clawed my way up. So for me, it was at least as important to be I don't even know if I would call it just business sense, but I, I think I'm a pretty good networker. Like mm -hmm. I I like making friends and I like people and those genuine relationships turn into job opportunities sometimes. And I like, you know, when we could all see each other, like I like going to events and that was really helpful. And so for me, I think that was necessary to get to a certain point. And then I could have stayed at that point, but I'm interested in developing further and like i'm you know i'm doing more producing now i just i'll tell you more about this off mic um <laughs> but i do want to talk to you about it um not because i can hire you for it because there's no british people but just like <laughs> friend to talk about business things um i'm producing a series for uh the moo you hockey series for serena bowen's world of true north she like opened up the world of one of her series for um other authors to write in and i'm producing mm -hmm. one track of that and i'm really excited about that um, I just, you know, I want to, I want to have a bigger career than just working for an hourly wage. Yeah. Because who knows when that'll be over, you know? Um, but so for me, I think business was more important than artistry to get to a certain point. And then from there on, they're kind of the same. But what about you? Um, I can't, you've touched on a, a bunch of stuff. I think uh, as a working actor, uh, 
that's really my barometer. Because I think it's the same with TV and film. It's sort of you could be, um, you could get lucky and you could become yeah. famous and then you could be on that show or you could be in that movie. And But I think even then, there's always the marrying up of luck, natural talent with an awareness and whether you call it a business head or whatever, but just a, a forethought for a forethought for going forward. Like you said, I don't necessarily just want to do this or just narrate for other people. Like I want, I'll produce my own. I'll do these kind of other avenues and pursue yeah. uh, these different, uh, you know, for me, it was pursuing different genres, you know, building, I started mm -hmm. in the, I feel like an old movie person where <laughs> I started in the studio system. Like <laughs> MGM bought me out for seven years and, yeah. in the fifties. Uh, Kate Hepburn did a number of pictures. Uh, I started with publishers and I kind of thought that was all, all it was. And I was lucky that Random House is in LA. So they have a studio and that sort of gave me, I guess, a cachet and people to reach out to others. Um, mm -hmm. But then it was a case of, I could have just stuck with that. And I know friends who have, uh, but then I was always beholden to what they would give me, or I didn't really have, you know, I could stay in touch and stuff and that's important, but um, I was at the behest of yeah. juices and, and you stuff. You can only write so many of those, like just checking in, my <laughs> schedule opens up in November. Uh, if anything comes across your desk, it might be a good fit for before you want to shoot yourself in the face. <laughs> Hey, here's a couple projects I've been working on. How are you? Ugh, the pandemic. Anyway, my December's pretty free. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I found that I had to. I still do that, of course. You still. <laughs> um, you probably do it of necessity because now I found that you have to. I stay in touch with people to let them know my availability so that they don't think that I'm just booked forever and that they can never, you know, they have something interesting, which I, yeah. I'm pretty sure you're in the same boat. But um, I, I am, but I, I have to work harder for the non-romance titles than you do. I think I like I I don't have the right balance right now, and I want oh. to m make that happen more. We'll discuss that off mic. Okay, off today. the air. Off the air. Um, <laughs> but uh, what was I saying? No, I then just to go back to like the business. I then built the home studio. Like I huh. managed to book a job, which was fifteen books over this every one a month, and I was like, okay, yeah. so let me. This was years and years ago, and it wasn't yeah. romance. And I was like, well, let me transition into doing that, and then I kind of had hired the engineer to come here and anyway it just kind of managed and he actually kind of helped me so I was very lucky he kind of taught me a few things while I was we were working in my home studio uh and then that allowed me to branch out um and then again moving into romance you sort of you start to you know Shane was born and then all the things that come with that and doing this Aww. podcast and all that and it yeah. is a sort of I love doing a lot of it but it's also a marrying up of not just sitting there kind of waiting for the phone to ring um, yeah which can be yeah. an actor's life, which I don't particularly, never really no, enjoyed. I don't love either. And and the romance industry, I think this is probably true with sci-fi as well, or any of the other um, genre fiction is such a like derogatory term because it makes it seem like it's not just like fiction, like it's not just books that mm -hmm. people are writing. But I think of sci-fi and romance as genres that do really well, particularly for indie authors. And like, there's so many like rock star entrepreneurs you know, like so yeah. many of these authors are like incredible, like what they're creating as business people for themselves. So it's really inspiring. Yeah, I agree. I've learned a lot from the romance side of things and from yeah. authors and how they promo themselves and how important that is and then how successful yeah. they are. 
on their own uh, versus kind of I've heard from people why well, I don't need to publish with these people. Like I have, I do better by myself. Than right. Yeah. Indie used stuff. to be like, well, if you can't sell it to a publisher, I suppose yeah. you can put it out yourself <laughs> on like WordPress or whatever. <laughs> now, like it's in some of these authors' financial interest to keep yeah, it all. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Completely. Um, now, continuing on that theme a little bit, like, do you think at this point, how do you think it is for women to make a name for themselves in the romance arena? Um, it's I think it's changed over it the years. Uh, yeah, like, that's the other question, part of the question. Like, I'm so, <laughs> I hope he doesn't listen to this. I'm, you met my boyfriend. He doesn't, he's yeah. like a, a wonderful guy. He doesn't have like this voice that's what you need if you're an American guy who wants to get into romance, you know? <laughs> and so I'm like trying to coach him. I like want him to do it <laughs> because I feel like if he could just get that, like, I think that if you're a guy and you have that voice and you're a little bit smart about social media, yeah. you're good. Like you can mm -hmm. make it happen. Someone will fall in love with you and then you'll be on all these podcasts. Like I've seen it happen with a couple guys in the past couple of years. And mm -hmm. it's made me feel sort of resentful because <laughs> like I'm glad for their success, but also like the women have to like put in years of like clawing our way up and getting a little bit noticed and like trying to, it just takes a lot longer. It's really hard. It's a full marketplace. And there's so many really talented female narrators like yeah. already who don't get enough work. Um, Do you think that's but, because there are just like in acting, there's like always, acting it was in always, general? Yeah, yeah, they're always same. like, well, there's just less blokes. So you're yeah. kind of lucky from the get go in some respects. I mean, it must be. I don't know why it is. I don't know. It's, it's a mind bender because like, you know, when you're produce, like when I produce stuff, like I hire guys for it. Um, but there's only like, I don't know, six or 10 guys that I want to hire for any project max. Like, mm. and if I'm casting the women, I could easily think of like 40. Right. Like, I don't know. I, yeah. I mean, is this, is the same, is it true outside of romance? Do you think? I don't feel like there are that many more female narrators Oh, but again, I mean, outside of romance, I feel like there's less opportunities for female narrators because most, not most, but a lot of nonfiction is like by men to be voiced by men. Um, like I would love to do more nonfiction, but there's not as much unless it's right for, for female. Yeah. Ah, interesting. I've never really thought about that side of things um, so much. And with, with classics, like you get classics. <laughs> I don't get classics. There aren't any classics for, you know, like there aren't, there aren't classics written by American women because American women aren't really classics. We've only been around right. for a couple hundred years. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's an interesting dynamic that I haven't even thought about, but yeah, but that doesn't address your question, which is, I mean, I think it's harder, but I also don't think it's impossible. I mm. do think either you have to, get an in with a publisher who's just going to hire you for a bunch of stuff and like doesn't really care what fans think and then maybe fans will fall in love with you or you have to genuinely like interacting with fans i feel like yeah. that's what i did like i'm just around yeah but that's not because i'm trying to promote myself necessarily it's just because i'm like chatty <laughs> like, <laughs> like i'm just social and i like want like i'd love to talk to people i'd love to do whatever so like i think that was a big part of what helped me um, well, I think, I and know. I mean, and there are, 
I'm trying to break it down. I, I think it, I, I do. I think it's, I think men, there are less of us. Uh, I speak from a niche market because yeah. there's not many Brit males in romance. There's uh, in regular fiction or whatever, like other sides of other genres, there's guys. Um, although yeah, even when I began, they were, no, yeah. and they were tended <laughs> yeah. to be older. Uh, do you think it's partly because in Britain, um, the union doesn't have, uh, there isn't a strong union and so the pay isn't as good and so not as many people go into audiobooks and voiceover? I think it was not a thing. Yeah, I mean, I would never have thought of doing a book until I was, had lived here and then it yeah. just sort of happened and came out of nowhere. Um, and yeah, back home, more people back home now are working for American companies Yeah, uh, because we can. It's just so easy. Um, but yeah, there's not, like you don't want to do audiobooks in the UK from my understanding. Yeah, same. That's like, what I understand too. You'll be I mean, not if you want to eat and own a home. Yeah, or own a home is a big, but you know, have a yeah, have a have a regular yeah. try and have a middle class life maybe, or what used to be right. uh, something like that. Living um, a dream where someday you can afford a car. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. I just I have wondered about yeah, fe uh, female narrators, but more so in the romance genre and how that kind of uh, shakes out. Because I will say, there's, I mean, now I produce stuff, but there is, I do have a longer list definitely of female narrators mm -hmm. covering different angles and different types of voice, but I definitely have a list of go-tos. Um, yeah. And then other people can come into that. I've had other people that I've like newer people um, and they just fit. So maybe there are no, some- No new people, only no. use those. <laughs> <laughs> but some come along that have just kind of like, you know- Yeah, like, they're perfect I've, for something, yeah. Like Vanessa Edwin wasn't, mm -hmm. you know, like I, I think I recommended her to Lauren and she was you working did. a lot outside of romance. And yes. That's just one of those, maybe it's one of those kismet things, like you say, like the right voice, it's like, boom. And then, you know, everyone seemed to fall in love with her and she's done fantastically. She, yeah, she's, she's wonderful. And she's also, I mean, the other part of it is if you're a woman, you only become successful if you are pleasant to work with and yeah. cool. That's not true for men. <laughs> oh, we, we bunch of <laughs> um, To the same degree, right? Like. If you're a woman, yeah. you have to deliver all your files on time. You have to be completely on top of your shit. You have to write professional emails, be social, be nice, be a good business person. Like, th there's no yeah. room for bad behavior um, because the competition is so much tighter, you know? I mean, uh, that probably speaks to a larger sort of uh, dynamic, doesn't it, in general? That, of you expectations. Know, women yeah, complain about, yeah, it's like, oh, if I'm tough, I'm a bitch. If a guy does it, he's just, oh, he's in charge. For sure. He's such a fucking... For sure, particularly when it comes to money stuff, I would say. But I do think that there is a lower bar for guys with that type of stuff because mm. if it's like, well, I'm not going to work with him again because he delivered his files late, but then like who else? Like it's got to be him, you know, like because there just aren't as many great guys at hand. Yeah. Um, so they have more power in terms of rates and behavior, <laughs> I think. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. And I've, I mean, I've, I've, name no names not people that people wouldn't know i would say but i remember back earlier on maybe i worked with some people and i i did notice the difference between the women were a lot more communicative uh, mm -hmm. and i sort of you mean was, in terms of like here are the voices that I'm yeah like what are we doing on this and, the, and i would just yeah. and some of the blokes would just be a bit like 
you know, either yeah, <laughs> like anything. whatever. Yeah, let's do whatever I do. Yeah. Yeah. And just... and to be clear, the thing about like assholes, real assholes don't work whether they're male or female. Like True. if you're a real piece of shit, like word will get around and you will not continue to be hired. Mm -hmm. So the people who keep getting hired for all those listeners out there who are like, who's the asshole? Like, no one you know, <laughs> because you wouldn't hear them anymore. Like, <laughs> like, uh, true. But, uh, but I, um, but I do think, yeah, I do think the bar's in a different place. And maybe part of it is just scarcity. Mm, I don't know I, why that is. I don't know. I mean, do you have guy actor friends who you're like, why don't you do this? You have a sexy voice? Uh, no, and or just books in general. Um, I don't yeah. have. I've, I know I had used to have more actor friends probably when I was on camera because I'd go to auditions yeah. and stuff. And so I had it's acquaintance friends. Yeah. Um, so I kind of lost touch with those. Um, but I remember recommending some of those when I got into it and, and a few of them went and tried it and they're like, I'm never doing that again. Yeah. It turns like, out they, it's a lot harder than we think because we just are good at it. <laughs> like like but, some people uh, really can't do it. Yeah. They're like, uh, no, no. I was so exhausted from that book. Uh, it's yeah. just, I can't. I don't. And I was, I got it. I was like, I, yeah. And no, back in the day, fun. I was like, I wouldn't mind to turn up on set and just get cups of tea and be called over <laughs> for a for little rehearsal. And, of, yeah. <laughs> and go back to the trailer for a while. And that, uh, right. although it's, that had its own it's, things. Right. But yeah, narrating isn't, isn't glamorous. Yeah, it's not, it's not, easy. but once you kind of dive into it, like I couldn't imagine not doing it now. That's the funny thing. Same. And um, now everyone wants to do it because nothing else has happened. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, but I will just highlight your point because I thought that as well when I was talking about the business versus talent aspect, um, that if I was, say I was asked or you are, I was asked to go into a, a drama school and sit down with people, I'd be like, I would say one of the biggest key things to having a good working career as a working actor i'm not talking about getting famous or any of that stuff it's like yeah is being somebody that people want to fucking work with yeah uh because that's a big part thing. yeah totally anyway and so be other, nice <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah be pleasant but also be pleasant because like you're working like most of your waking hours are devoted to this job and you might mm -hmm. as well enjoy it and like have it be like Part of what makes it doable is that the people I'm talking to, like you or co-narrators or like, they're my friends. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like it would be unbearably lonely if I wasn't also friendly and enjoy yeah. talking to these authors and narrators and everybody. And yeah. It all feeds into itself. Yeah. Um, now, can I go back for one sec? The one thing yeah. I want to mention though, is that the difference with the business in terms of audiobooks is that you're your own agent. Right. Yes. So for, t for TV and film, you have to be have a good business sense and have drive and ambition. But your agent is doing the extra shitty parts of being like, hey, hey, pick her, pick her. They yeah. didn't pick you. <laughs> <laughs> and so for this, you have to do that for yourself. And there's no buffer or bulldog to negotiate for you. So that yeah, that is a very good point to make because we don't use I mean, I think I've done one book with my agent. Uh, I don't even have one. Yeah. <laughs> My voiceover. It doesn't agent. matter. Yeah. Yeah. You don't, yeah, no. you really don't need one to do this or to do a lot of voice in general at this point, I think. Yeah. Um, but I agree with you. But that's part of what I think drew me in more and more was that I didn't, I wasn't beholden. Like my agent work is now a sideline. It's sort of, if a nice, fun job comes up or it's in a different, right. you know, games or whatever, 
but yeah. I, it's not something I don't rely on that at all. This is kind of what I rely on, really. This is my livelihood, and I love being in charge of that. Yeah, not waiting for someone to send me an audition or right, or to judge <laughs> you, you worthy of some opportunity. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so that's part of what I love. But my last question before you, we can wrap up. Um, okay. And just uh, you can tell us what's coming up for you is I've always wanted to ask this question to a female narrator um, is that we, you know, so some of the tropes, you kind of touched on it a bit earlier with some of the, you know, locked in a dungeon, which was a fictional uh, thing that's probably <laughs> happened somewhere. Lightly fictionalized. Lightly yeah. fictional <laughs> is, you know, some of the tropes and themes in romance. And I understand, you know, for me, romance is, you know, it's, it's an escape, it's entertainment or it's, it can be a lot deeper than that too, but it's a place you go to for yourself or like listeners, readers. Um, you know, a lot of the themes though, and tropes sort of the men can be typically, you know, can be very alpha or the dynamics between the male, the men and women can be quite typical, like maybe more traditional in a power dynamic, or I don't know if I'm thinking about the boss and like we did one, we did where I was, uh-huh. You know, it was in the workplace. And right. I think uh, one of the opening that... scenes was I grabbed your ass. And I was like, <laughs> right. you can't do that <laughs> right. anymore. <laughs> in like, real you life, wouldn't. No. don't do that anymore. Uh, don't yeah. do that, people. Uh, don't do this at home, kids. Um, so I sometimes wonder about that dynamic. Uh, like, how? what do you think on that real, versus, like, the real world that we now live in, which is post-Me Too and, you know, yeah. we've made strides so, in sort of highlighting the inequalities. It's a big question. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, there's a couple different levels to that. So one, I would say, is that these books are fantasy, a, a lot of them. You know, some of them seem a little more realistic, but they're yeah. basically like escapist fantasy, particularly the ones that are either really wild sexually, like one exquisite touch is fantasy. Do you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, that's not like, yes, it's something that people can and do do in their real lives, but it's, it's a, it's a hot escape for people. Yeah. Um, But that is one where it's like healthy and you actually could do that. Like that is okay to do. Consenting adults can all do that and it's fine. Do you know what I mean? Like that's like a yeah. a real life fine thing to happen, even though it is probably unlikely to happen for most <laughs> listeners. But then I would say there's a category where it's like fantasies that are really not for real life, like like uh, you know things where it's like she gets thrown in a dungeon and and uh. starved, and then she's his whatever forever, and like a lot of the BDSM. I, I don't know as much as I probably should about the BDSM community in real life. Yeah. But a lot of the books that deal with BDSM, I don't think adhere particularly closely to the real life version of it. They're just right. sort of using it as a turn on. Um, but I would put that stuff in the category of like, it is okay to use as a fantasy as long as you can differentiate between fantasy and real life. Like, I hope I'm not, I don't think I'm, I hope I'm not alone in this, in that some of my sexual fantasies are not things that I would want in real life and are like weird. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like everyone has at least a couple things that you're like, I almost wish that didn't turn me on to think about. I don't like it, but like, what are you going to do? Yeah. Like, yeah. But like, that's how I think of those books where it's like, it's not for real life. 
like that is just for pretend and to get your rocks off basically right that is just like an exciting escape so in that sense i think it's fine that some of these books like the that book that you're talking about like it was fine he would if my boss actually yeah yeah, like if my boss and i know you i'm not saying like it was fine like i know you think this too but Mm. if my boss in real life actually like if i was at a audiobook conference and a publisher that can hire me grabs my ass like even if he's hot that's not cool (laughs) like i'm gonna say so to his supervisors but like i'm fine with a book where that is how it starts and then it's great and whatever yeah that's fine i think guess because we know where they're gonna end we know already that there's a sexual chemistry or even if say your character is kind of doesn't like, God, he's a gruff, like, whatever, Scots. Like, there's a turn-on for your character, even though you don't even want it to be. Not necessarily in that book, but other books I've read. Right. Where it's like, she's like, I just, she's trying to say, I don't like him, but, like, deep down, she's like, oh, I really want to. Uh, yeah. So there's always that dynamic that's going on for the listener, reader, which isn't in real life. Like, I don't right. know what's going on in your head. I don't, you know, so. I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> that's my private business. <laughs> um, but I will say... I do think there's, I think for some of that stuff, it's really like explicitly like this is a, this is a rom like escape into this, but it's not for real. Mm-hmm. Like I, the author of that book was not suggesting that in real life, so, that is an okay thing, you know? Yeah. Um, I do think there's some books where it's more of a gray area and I, I think it can be really problematic where like, you know, mm-hmm. sort of where someone's being emotionally manipulated yeah. by the hero and it's like really uncomfortable but like supposed to be sexy um and i worry about that because i think for some people i I don't know you know everyone is on their own journey of this and i think some authors maybe aren't really thinking about the implications of that sometimes and i think Mm -hmm. some listeners might are maybe are hearing it as if it's really sexy and would be sexy in real life when it's not healthy. Mm. Um, That's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I I mean, I, the question comes with like, for anyone listening, it's like, it's no judgment and I would be other people's sort of like perspective on it. And that's kind of why I ask it because I have a, you know, (laughs) a British man's (laughs) perspective on what I read. So it's kind of interesting to, to hear other people's and a female perspective on it um and i agree there are and i for all narrators there are gray areas and some of there are some books that people aren't comfortable with and yeah there's lines doing. like some people enjoy rape fantasies and mm. like i don't i don't want to narrate that like i don't want to live that fantasy out yeah at all. like <laughs> i don't want to be the person saying those words just for my own mental health um, yeah but i'm not but as long as someone knows that's a fantasy like i'm not like like what yeah. you like do you know what i mean yeah like, that's fine it's an interesting yeah it's a real rabbit hole i feel like that whole topic totally. you can kind of and i've tried i've touched on it with people off mic um yeah well it's, it's hard to talk about on mic because also this is our livelihood and a lot of the books we yeah. read aren't going to be to our personal political or sexual taste and like yeah. that as long as you're okay with telling that story because you know it's really for someone else like that's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was talking to I was talking to a bunch of a uh, couple of female narrators lately, um, and we were talking about how in a lot of these books, it's 
it, it can be sort of exhausting how there's often, particularly in certain subgenres, how there's often the women who will not be taken seriously by the men in the series, like who aren't seen as potential brides, are always like grasping, screeching sluts who are <laughs> trying to steal the man. Right. And like, I wouldn't be sad to see that die. <laughs> I don't think that's a great. I don't uh -huh. know. Like, I really, I really appreciate books in which, like, I think this is true about Serena Bowen's books and Lauren's books and, and t tons of them where like, there isn't a evil bitch, bad guy. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like, there's no bad guy. It's just people trying to figure their shit out. And like, life yeah. is hard. And that's where you get the roller coaster of the relationship. It's not like there's somebody trying to steal a man. Yeah. Um, I kind of feel like that's not a great gender mm -hmm. stereotype to amplify. But I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, and I think, I mean, it'd be interesting. Uh, we'll see when we will have this conversation again in another few years. Uh, <laughs> and, and see how. Yeah. <laughs> or just see how, like, it's. I mean, that's kind of where the genesis of the, of the question is. It's sort of how much, I guess, real life sometimes affects this, you know, yeah. uh, affects what we do or art forms or films or anything kind of thing. But this particular one, I'm talking about audiobooks. Um, and that's where, you know, I start at the beginning with the book that we did where I was like, well, I grabbed, grabbed your ass early on when you didn't really know me in the workplace. Mm -hmm. Uh, I wasn't actually working at that workplace, but I was like coming for an interview with my brother. <laughs> and I grabbed his secretary's art. I was like, that's, that <laughs> wouldn't this go down. Very mad men. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, the book worked in the book worked great. And, you know, as you yeah, said, and also that separation of that, those characters, life. there's, it, it wasn't a kind of relationship where he did whatever she want, whatever he wanted, and she kept her mouth shut even if she hated it. Oh, Do no. you know what I mean? I think that's what bothers me is I think in some books, you know, people can behave so badly, but as long as they're called on it and it's aired out uh -huh. eventually, like, great, that's what happens in real life too, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. It's not like everyone has to be respectful and perfect and mm -hmm. well, politically correct as such sort of been <sighs> stolen and that doesn't mean what it should mean anymore. But it's not like I need heroes to be neutered and well-behaved. I just need, when they cross right. lines, and it really hurts the heroine. I yeah. hope that by the end of the book, that gets aired out, and she doesn't just swallow it or learn to like yeah. the thing she hates oh, or God. whatever. Yeah, I think I think most of the books I've ever done. So I don't know about yours, but most books I've ever done, or pretty much, I can't think of any that I have done that I have always had that. Like there are some that have skirted close to the guys, and I've said this on other interviews. Like the guy is a real asshole, especially at the beginning, uh, and I've really find it hard to relate to that person um yeah but then by the end he's yeah he has had a come to jesus like yes there's just a lot there's a real yeah and yeah. he really goes down to come back up and become a different person and you know she's there for him still and or he has to win her back and so i've done a lot of um not a lot but i've done uh, some of those and even with the ones where the like you pointed out which was a good point like the one we did I, I may have grabbed your ass in that. You keep saying that. You just <laughs> like talking about it. Because <laughs> I remember in my head, I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, yeah, okay. I don't know. I'd get in trouble for that. Uh, but because I was talking <laughs> like this, and I was, I was all just very, you know, <laughs> I was like, okay. And then, um, 
but yeah, the heroine wasn't a sort of wallflower. She wasn't like, oh, it was like she could she could have turned around and punched him in the face. You right. know what she I mean? Wasn't like she had that guts. Yeah, not yeah, at all. Quiet. Yeah. Uh, so you kind of take all of those sort of power dynamics out, which, you know, in the real world really come into play and make a big difference. Yeah. Um, it's funny. I was doing a, I did a book this summer, uh, a Kate Canterbury book, and I might be remembering this wrong, but there was one scene where they're having sex and it's like getting really rough. And I feel like something happens where, uh, I, I forget who it is that says it, but it's something to the effect of someone's like, like, yeah, I'll make you do it. And then he's like, oh, but I, but like, you know that I wouldn't, we're just, this right. is like the thing we're doing. And she's like, yeah, 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 of course. <laughs> but like, that's, I love that. Um, yeah. Because I feel like that's like the, that's like the real life version of this stuff where you're like, yeah, you can play around with all this yes. stuff, but like everybody has to feel safe and on the same page for it to really be fun. Um, yeah. But I do also think it's fine in books where like, the book is the fantasy and you mm -hmm. don't have to do the real life version. You just know like it's a book. So like, yeah. it's fine. And it's really complicated. And like, I'm really uh, feminist and have like a lot to say about all this stuff. Um, but I don't know. It's tricky. It's a well, tricky yeah. tightrope to walk. To it's... be like, I do this professionally. Some of it bothers me. Uh -huh. I know that it doesn't bother some other people. And so I can honor that. But like, I have a lot of feelings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a lot of feelings about it, you know. Um, well, yeah. And as I say, I, I mean, I'd be interested to hear when people hear this if they have any comments. So feel free to sort of, yeah. in the interest of a discussion, not in a. <laughs> yeah, I would say the vast majority of the books that I've done that I've been like, oh shit, like have been old. Older, yeah. That, I think that um, stuff that's written now is written, not everything. Um, but a lot of it is different yeah. um, in a good way. Like I'm more aware of what's healthy to model, even if it is just a pretend fantasy thing. Yeah, or I've noticed a, like just a reflection of the real world, like, uh, you know, someone talking about their wife or their husband and it's the same sex. I don't know, there's this yeah, other kind I of like avenues with modern stuff where it's like, oh yeah, like it's, it's not, you know, that kind of typical thing maybe older books uh, subscribe to. Um, right. So anyway, I won't go down that rabbit hole any further because I think we, because <laughs> we got to yeah, it's, uh, that's for another one, uh, part two. Um, <laughs> but before we close up, I just want to—is there if there's anything you'd like to highlight that you have coming up, coming out, whatever? I well, I'm excited about Lauren's release today, and I hope and trust that that will do really well, and people will love that. Uh, We'll know by the time this airs. <laughs> we, It'll be a, a if couple it's a of weeks. flop or a success. I, I can't imagine we, it being a flop. No, I can't we'll either. I don't know what you're assuming we'll know. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't, I'm looking back at my schedule. I like, particularly with lockdown, everything is just blending together. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know what's happening or when things are being released. My schedule says things like, maybe PRH book that I like, don't even know what that was. Did I do it? I don't know. That was in September. <laughs> I don't know what it was. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. I'm, ex I'm excited about um, the, the Karen Gray's book, uh, Forget About Me, which I co-narrated with Brian Polino, which is coming out not, not super, super soon, but soon it's like recorded. Yeah. Um, 
Lauren's book I'm excited about. I'm excited about producing that series for Serena Bowen, which I'll talk more about later in the year. Um, yeah. Do you have a producing name or are you just doing it under your... I don't know. I, I was thinking, because I'm like, I, what do you think I sh it should be? <laughs> we'll talk about that <laughs> off camera. I was thinking maybe it should just be like Wilder Audio. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. Well, this, I was just intrigued because I've had to come up with a name and I had... What's oh. yours? My, well, it's still in production. It's no, I, it's it's like East House, but I don't know whether okay. to do audio or productions. Uh, so I'm kind of, and it's still not, and to have a tagline. Uh, so I'm still kind of in the. By the time what this comes out, I'll have had to decide. I don't <laughs> know. You know, bringing you stories to life or whatever. You kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if I if I want that even, or if I don't. Books for your ears. Yeah. <laughs> Listen up. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that might be a bit aggressive. Um, <laughs> hey, assholes. Yeah. Want some audiobooks? <laughs> so we'll see. So, yeah. So, okay. So, and that's for any authors listening. You can always approach Emma or whatever name she's going to do under or producing. Yeah. So that's always great. Yeah. And I'm trying to keep it because I, I, it's only me. So like yes. with you, like I, it needs to be kind of like a boutique thing where it's small mm -hmm. enough that I can manage it all. So I feel like I'm. Uh, you'll be diving into this series coming it's a whole host of books yeah it's like 10. oh wow okay and yeah i think they're all gonna yeah i'll tell you more later but it's okay. really exciting and i'm really excited about it all right that's on the cards anyone listening okay um, um other stuff i don't know i also well, never know what's been announced and i don't want to get in trouble I know. Yeah, I normally have to make a list, and then Viv helps me with that. So um, I don't. Don't worry. You don't have to <laughs> say anything you don't want to. People okay. will find out, and the uh, people like the Shaniacs are great at you know throwing it out there and yes. telling you what's going on. Definitely. So, uh, um, but I will say we have another Anna Durand coming up next, Yay. beginning of next year. Actually, I think aren't we? We're in March. Is it March? We're yeah. going to record I that. Think, so I think it's a ways said, Yeah. Um, so I, put, I, I didn't know the title yet when I put it on my calendar. So I wrote something, something kilt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not, I think actually, I think it's been announced already and I can't, it has. I, I think it might be it. devastating in a kilt. Uh, cause I think that's the one, so you can see if I'm right, but that's the one we'll be doing together next year. Uh, hey, do you know what it's about? I don't yet. No. Um, I just knew it's a female lead and well good because uh, that's my wheelhouse that's your wheelhouse yeah a that's... female american lead uh and a scottish bloke uh and then we'll see where it goes from there so awesome. more on that um so yeah unless there's anything else you want to add in or sign off with um we'll close this oh the only thing the one the one answer on that twitter question that i did see was someone was like what's a classic that you would like to narrate oh yeah and I wanted to bring it back to that time that I like, because uh, there aren't any, I want to do British ones and I can't because they're not for me. Mm -hmm. But the one that I would want to do is the series that I like drunk texted you about to be like, why aren't you doing this? Like I, was, <laughs> this is my favorite series and it was just released and it should have been you. Um, the Lord Peter Whimsey Mysteries by Dorothy Sayers. Okay. That's what I would like. There's one called Gaudy Night that is from the heroine's perspective and it's so good. And that's what I would like to do in a fantasy where I got to narrate British books, which is not appropriate or happening. Um, but I still think you should narrate the Lord Peter Whimsey books. Okay. So I know you, yeah, you world. did. Yeah. So, hey, we'll see. We'll see. And maybe you will at some point. Your accents are so good. I know American mm. girls who do first person British. 
uh, pulling off. I don't know. Uh, we'll Maybe, see. Someday, we'll see. But it's probably never going to be as good as the real deal. Yeah. <laughs> it will be. We're not going to end on a <laughs> on a bummer. <laughs> I'll never be good enough. Anyway, thanks for having me. Uh, <laughs> you've been a wonderful guest. I think I've, we've chatted for an hour and a half. Crazy. Yes. So oh, I am going to wrap this up. Um, but thank you. Thank you for being um, with me and being the phenomenal, world-famous, international, whatever, <laughs> <laughs> the superlatives I used earlier. Um, and I will just say, um, as I close this out for Viv, is that we hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Audiobook Loving Podcast. Make sure to follow us on our social media platforms and subscribe to the Viviana Enchantress of Books newsletter. And also, don't forget, you can submit your this and that or this or that questions for me. Um, so again, thanks, Emma, for joining me. Thank you. And goodbye. The Audiobook Loving Podcast now has special Patreon access levels. Join today to receive early access to podcast episodes, exclusive content with our guests, and much more. Support the podcast by becoming a Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash audiobooklovin. We thank you for your support. A heartfelt thank you to all of our Audiobook Lovin' Podcast Patreon. Special thanks to Susie Vanderham, Michelle Sutton, Jing Kemp, Jen Franklin, Brittany Cottingham, Kimberly Reed, Leanne Schwartz, Christine Cox, Christy Reitz, Jennifer Graham, Cindy Pittman, Mendy Summer, Jenny Johnson, Jesse Stafford, Chrissy Font, Rhonda Pezzarello, Evelyn Clarisi, Michelle DaCosta, Emily Dye, Michelle Bestard, Farah Blair, Candice Platel, Carol Liebner, Bethany Crane, and Teresa Martin. Thank you for joining us on Shane East Meets, an audiobook loving podcast special series brought to you by Viviana Enchantress of Books. For links and more info about today's episode or the audiobook loving series, visit VivianaEnchantressOfBooks.com. And please consider leaving a review wherever you listen to the podcast if, and I really hope you did, you enjoyed today's episode.